You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye, baseball. Eight strikeouts for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Phoenix. Strike three called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. And welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Gary Hill here. Thanks for being here once again. It's great to talk to you. It's been a little while. I hope you enjoyed your Memorial Day holiday, your Memorial Day weekend. The Mariners certainly enjoyed the holiday yesterday as opposed to the weekend. So we have a lot to talk about in this podcast. We'll swiftly review what was a tough weekend for the Mariners against the Minnesota Twins. We'll dive into the game yesterday a little bit more as the Mariners bounce back in style, beating the Padres. We'll take a look at the day game today and then what comes up the rest of this week. We'll talk about in the podcast Uh, coming up tomorrow. But this is a big podcast. We have the week that was coming up. Nick Vincent, great conversation with him. He's facing his old team, the San Diego Padres. Spent all spring with the Padres. He came over right at the end of the spring training and uh, is with the Mariners now. And it's been a huge, huge factor out of the bullpen. He's just destroyed righties this year, and he's been key in the pen. So we'll hear from Nick Vincent coming up. Also, great conversation, Aaron Goldsmith, Mike Blowers, with the general manager, Jerry DePoto. Very interesting stuff. Since we last spoke, uh, Martin has gone on the DL. So this is our first chance to talk about it on the podcast. And Jerry DePoto has some uh, very interesting thoughts on what Martin was doing. They're taking him on the roads. Some interesting uh I think it's very interesting what he has to say about that. And, of course, it's a huge loss in production, having an all-star caliber season. Certainly defensively, offensively, has provided a lot of punch in center field. So that will be a topic of conversation as well, coming up with Jerry DePoto. But first, I want to thank you for last podcast on Friday. We had our first ticket giveaway with our first Vote Mariners feature, and it was fantastic. The response was overwhelming. I always am surprised pleasantly by reaction to all that we do. I certainly appreciate it. But congratulations to Patrick Hobson, winner of the tickets for Memorial Day. And we'll definitely do it again. We will definitely give away tickets uh, as we move through this season. We'll probably do it a little differently each time to give people kind of fair chances at it. I I guess one of the things that blew me the way the most about is how many early risers we have in terms of listeners on the podcast. So early birds got the worm this time around, but we'll uh, we'll change up how we do it from time to time to give everyone kind of a fair look at it. But, uh, oh, thanks. I've said it many times already, and I, I will say it from time to time again. I certainly appreciate all the listeners and all that you do. I remember a couple of years ago when I first brought this idea to the Mariners. I know, I mean, I know this fan base. I know how passionate this fan base is, and I thought – this idea could really work and something that Mariner fans would really be into. And it's, it's, it's proven out. And again, it's, it's nothing I'm doing. It's, it's all you. It's the listeners. It's you. And I certainly appreciate it. And again, 
all the feedback you give is fantastic. The uh, when you go to iTunes and leave the ratings, that really helps. I mean, everything along those lines certainly helps the podcast. We continue to try and grow it, make it bigger, and just try and make it better and better. So I appreciate it. And of course, I always take your ideas, your thoughts, your questions along the way. You can always reach me at Gary Hill Jr. on Twitter with anything. Also, email. Gary Hill, PXP at gmail.com. And of course, follow at Mariners Pod. And the biggest advantage there, you know exactly when the podcast comes out. And uh, yeah, so that's a, an active Twitter handle too, as well, at Mariners Pod. So again, thank you. And let's get to, let's get to work here. So the Mariners, they are swept aside by the Minnesota Twins and really a surprising series. Uh, think about where were we at heading into Friday? Felix on the hill. Mariners just absolutely rolling, but stopped cold. The Twins played like the team they were expected to be to start the season. Uh, this was a team that won over 80 games last year, finished second in the Central, three games out of the wild card, and really was down to it to the end of the season. And the expectations with just about everyone returning from a year ago, Torrey Hunter retired, but I mean, they returned just about everyone this year, added Park as well, so some pop to the lineup. But they started out 0-9 on the season and just scuffled to get anything going. The offense has been turned up as of late, and the Mariners saw that firsthand. Sano in particular, Maurer, the two guys in the middle, homered in each of the three games, and they sweep the Mariners in the three-game series, although it really came down to starting pitching. When you look at the M's, short starts all the way around. Felix was longest at six innings. Miley and Walker didn't give the M's uh, even five in the three-game series. And we talk about how important starting pitching is with the M's, the backbone of this team. And all three games, starting pitching struggled throughout the series, and the Mariners go down in all three. So yesterday, Mariners certainly looking for a good start from Nathan Carnes and looking to bounce back in a big way against the Padres, and they got both. Nathan looks in the windup and the three two to Norris swing and a miss at a curveball for strike three and that's it for San Diego that is strike on number five for Nathan Carnes a one two three inning despite the one out single. So Carnes pitches into the seventh he goes six and two thirds eight hits two runs one walk and six strikeouts he throws 97 pitches along the way and here's what he had to say about his performance in this ball game. No, I mean, just every time I go out there, I just try to give my, you know, try to give the team a position to, uh, to win a ball game. And, you know, we haven't had too much success lately, but our offense has been really producing. So for me, it was just try to keep the ball game close. We have a very special offense here. And I feel like, you know, as long as we keep it close, you know, eventually we'll get the big knocks and the offense machine will start rolling. And today it was a prime example of that. What was working so well for you today? Uh, you know, I, was, uh, I felt like I had a good command of the, the strike zone. I only had one walk. Um, you know, I kind of got some bad luck with some of the ground balls against the shift, but outside of that, I felt very comfortable out there. I was working well with Chris. Me and Ionetta had a great idea. Inez, you know, he's, he's such a you know, luxury to have back there. He has such great knowledge of so many hitters across the league, and, you know, it really makes it easier on me. I just got to go out there and execute pitches, and, you know, and if I count, find myself on a count, I need to shake off. You know, he, you know, he doesn't mind if I shake off, but for the most part, I've been following his lead this year. It's been a very, you know, strong luxury to have back there. You know, I feel like I've been trying to be uh, aggressive, you know, the past 
I mean, this season so far. I think I just, you know, I had better, you know, better results right off the bat. Um, you know, I was able to strike the guy out, lead off the game, and then, you know, that, getting that first out really kind of settles me down. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of go out there and pound the strike zone. And, you know, defense made great plays on me. Uh, I had a line drive. I kind of kind of messed that up. Um, and then we followed up with a double play, you know, with with Dayhub over there at first. So, I mean, it, it, you know, just got to keep the game close and let my defense really play strong behind me. And, and that's all I've been trying to do all year, and it's been working out. There it is, Nathan Carnes. And he talked about it, you know, trying to just stay in the game for the offense to come to life. And they certainly did. The Mariners were trailing 2 nothing. Then the sixth inning, they get one back. Smith drives in Oki. Cruz would single the center. Smith would score. They get two runs. And then Kyle Seeger, a big blast. Pitch, swung on, driven deep to right center field. Got a lot of carry. Going back on the track. It is off the top of the fence and gone. A two-run homer for Kyle Seeger in the So the Mariners take the lead at that point. They would not look back. And Day Ho Lee would really punctuate this ball game. The pitch, swing and a high fly ball. Deep left center field. Upton to the warning track to the wall. Goodbye baseball. Out to the pen in left center field. Day Ho Lee with a three-run drive. Holy smokes, his seventh home run of the season. Now the Mariners nine and the Padres two. They've broken open this game with five runs here in the bottom of the eighth. Nine three would be the final. The Mariners take the ball game. Here's Kyle Seeger after the game. You know, a couple of big hits. You know, Seth had the had the big hit to get did it get it kind of going, and then you know, big swing by Nelly there with uh, you know with two outs to to tie it up, and you know. Fortunately for me, the ball had uh, just enough to to get over. Think that was going out? Or? No, I, I hit it good. I um I felt pretty confident about it, and it um it was a little closer than I was hoping. Earlier in the inning, you didn't get a lot of breaks over the weekend, but you get the catcher's interference, and that seemed to get some things started. Uh, you know what? He uh, he did a really good job of keeping us off the base. You know, he um. Now he's a really good pitcher, and he's a really good pitcher for a reason. And you know his ball has a lot of movement; he throws hard. He's a uh, he's a good athlete off the mound. So I mean, there, there's a lot of things working in his favor. And you know, fortunately, we yeah, you know, big uh, got a break there with the catcher's interference, and you know, Seth and Nelly with the big hits there, and you know, kind of just fed off that. How do you think about the resiliency of your team? You know, you lose three straight like that, come back and get a big one. Yeah, you know, that's that's you know nobody likes to lose, obviously, but we have a good team. You know, it's a it's a long season. You know, you're gonna you're gonna have you know games where you you know you hope you won and you didn't, obviously, and you know that that's kind of baseball. And I think um, you know being able to bounce back as quick as possible is kind of what separates teams. Nice bounce back. Absolutely. Nice bounce back win for the M's. Now 29-21 and 21 on the season. A half game behind Texas in the AL West. The AL West on fire. Texas has won three in a row. Houston has won three in a row. Oakland has won three in a row. The Mariners and Angels both won their last games. Everyone in the West, AL West, is on a winning streak, even if it's just a game, which is pretty interesting. Meanwhile, everyone in the NL West is coming off a loss. So there you go, baseball. 
Mariners, the third best record in the American League behind Texas and also the Boston Red Sox. Red Sox with the best record in the league, 31 and 20. So the Mariners beat the Padres. We'll talk about what comes up today in just a second. But I have a couple home run notes that I think are, are pretty interesting. Mariners, of course, been great with the long ball. They're not tied with the Mets, the most homers in Major League Baseball right now. And they're just crushing the ball at, at a pretty amazing rate. And a couple of notes to kind of point that out. Mariners now, they hit multi-home runs yesterday. It's the 24th game this season already they've had multi-home runs in a game. That's already more they had in the entire seasons in 1978, 1981, 1983, 1990, 2004, and 2010. Already more multi-home game, uh, home run games this season. Game 50, they've done it 24 times already. They've done it more than six other entire seasons, which I think is pretty incredible. And to add to that, if you pace out what they're going to do or what they've done so far, if they kept this pace up, they would end the season with 233 home runs. Now, it's a pretty ridiculous pace to keep up, so I, I don't know if they'll make it to 233, but that's what they're on pace for. And to give you an idea of how many that is, that would be the fifth most in franchise history for one season. And and it's only because the top four are incredible because we're talking the 96, 97, 98, and 99 teams. Those were the Griffey, Edgar, Buhner, uh, Alex Rodriguez-led teams. And keep in mind, the 1997 team, they hit 264 home runs. That's the most for any team in history in one season. So, yeah, we're comparing this to Mariners history, but Mariners history is baseball history because the 97 team has hit the most ever. The 96 team slugged 245 homers. That's eighth most for a team in baseball history. In 1999, they hit 244 home runs. That's ninth most in baseball history. So three of those teams in the top ten ever. And the other one, uh, the 90. 1998 team hit 234 long balls. That's the 28th most. So the Mariners on pace to hit 233. So that's, I mean, that's 29th most in history. Again, it's an incredible pace to keep up, but I'm not, I'm pointing it out more as it's incredible what they've done so far. Just to put it in a full season context, what it would mean. That's a lot of home runs. They are really bashing the ball with the long ball. It's been pretty impressive what they're doing up and down the lineup. I mean, contributions all over the place, which is what you have to get to pile up that many home runs as a team. But it's it's been pretty incredible. So there it is, a home run note that I think you'll enjoy. So now the Mariners tangle with the Padres in game two of this brief series. It should be a good one. James Shields on the hill. He's been pretty good, 2-6, and six, a 3-0-6 ERA. Hisashi Iwakuma takes the ball for the M's, 3-4, and four, a 4-3-3 ERA. Mariners 4-0 in interleague play so far after beating the Padres, sweeping aside the Reds as well. And they look to keep the roll going today. Day baseball from Safeco Field, 12-40 first pitch. And if the weather's anything like yesterday, uh, this may be a day to take a, a longer lunch as the Mariners end the homestand 
with a day game against the Padres. Then on to the road, and we'll talk about this more tomorrow, on to the road for two against San Diego in San Diego, and then a big weekend series against the Texas Rangers. That's going to be fantastic. So there you go, Mariners and Padres coming up today. Right now, we're going to hear from the general manager of the Mariners. Here's Aaron Goldsmith, Mike Blowers, with Jerry Depoto. Aaron Goldsmith, Mike Blowers, as we're joined by the general manager, Jerry Depoto. Jerry, thanks for making some time. We appreciate it. Oh, easy to do. Well, Jerry, uh, obviously a tough start to this series against the Twins, but if we kind of go bigger picture here, the Mariners have secured back-to-back winning months to start a season for the first time since 2003. That year, that team won over 90 games. What have you been most pleased with if you take a look at how hot of a start, if you can call the first two months, I think it's still in the starting phases for the Mariners. That's been a fantastic run to begin the season. You know, I think with the exception of the last two days, which haven't been pleasant, <laughs> particularly last night, uh, it's the consistency. You know, we, we've been, we didn't get here uh, first place going into Memorial Day weekend. We didn't get here with a 10-game win streak. We got here by winning consistently all year long. I think from the, the starting pitching to the bullpen to the lineup, we've been pretty well balanced throughout for these two months. And not every single guy out there is having a great year, but they find ways to contribute. And somewhere, each of the 25 guys on our roster has contributed to, to wins and big moments, and I think that's what creates chemistry. Jerry, one of the things that we've talked about is the length of the lineup, um, the depth of the pitching rotation, the revamp of the bullpen, all of those things. But one of the things that we're now having to talk about is the depth of this club because of injury. Obviously, we've talked a lot about the guys in the bullpen because we started the season somewhat that way, but now your lineup is hurting because a couple of guys who were playing very well are on the disabled list. Um, can you talk about that a little bit and maybe how when you, after you were able to put this team together for what you were hoping was your starting nine and your bullpen and your thoughts on and building up after that and because you're going to have needs? Uh, you're, you're definitely going to have needs. Uh, for us, one of the benefits is that the Tacoma Club and the Jackson Club are both playing extraordinarily well. We do have some in-house options that we're seeing right now to, to fill voids when injury happens. But Marte and Martin going down, when you lose that kind of athleticism in a lineup, the catalysts that they were when they went down, as hot as Leonis was headed into that engine. I mean, he was smoking hot for the seven, ten days going into that hamstring. It hurts to lose those guys. And more than filling their spots in the lineup, whether they're hitting leadoff in two or nine and one, whatever order they're in, it's the energy that they bring to the field every day. And, you know, one of the things that as we leave, you know, Marte's going to go out and play in Tacoma this week, and, and we feel like he is on the fast track. He's going to be back on June 6th, barring any further setbacks. But uh, Leonis, we're going to travel him with the big league club just to keep his energy in the dugout because he's, he's such a pivotal guy in our clubhouse, and, and, and he makes the lineup go. But right now, you know, I think the the good thing we're seeing in these last couple of days is Nori Aoki's really stepped up uh, with Leonis down. He's making the plays he needs to make in center field. He's, he's making barrel contact and really doing a nice job offensively. And we're trying to get by. You know, it's a, when you lose two of your everyday players and when and we're that kind of catalytic type players, you, you, you want them back in the lineup as soon as possible. But we got to do the smart thing now. And, and especially since both of them are playing up the middle of the field on the defensive side and, and we talk a lot about their speed, well, it really plays when they're out there defensively. Uh, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, you notice it with Marte, particularly when you're playing a left 
left-hand pitcher like we did the first night of this series. And I thought Pat Dean threw the ball really well. But we are a much different lineup against the left-hand pitcher when we don't have Cattell in our lineup. Uh, you know, from the right side, he's been fairly well balanced. But from the right side, he is a real threat against left-hand pitching and not just a, a single in a bag. It, he's got a chance to do a little bit of damage. And you know, those guys were putting on such good at-bats. And uh, any to, I guess on in, in any sunny day, a little rain's going to fall. And, you know, we, we lose him, and hopefully it's just for the two weeks and we have him back. How much of a benefit going all the way back in, and when Kevin Mather decided that they needed to make a change in this organization, um, I know that you had an opportunity to watch this club the last month, but for you it really started before that, didn't it? Like right about the time the interview process started. And then what kind of an advantage was that for you? Uh, it was huge for me. And getting the opportunity to, to walk in the door a week before the season ended was also huge, just to get to know the people and, and the personalities, particularly with the players. But, uh, you know, about the middle of September, uh, you know, ish, 10th of September, when when I first found out that I was going to be involved in the process, uh, it, it really had a chance to immerse myself in, in, in the Mariners and what they were about and and not just the Mariners, but the pieces around the league that might best fit the, the needs and the holes. Uh, therefore, when we got to the end of the, the regular season, we were able to move a little bit quicker than everybody else because we had a, an advanced, uh, we had a quick start. Mariners general manager Jerry Depoto is our guest here on Mariners Sunday Magazine. Jerry, we had a, a chance uh, about 20 minutes ago to talk things over with your farm director, Andy McKay. We always learn something and really always enjoy our conversations with Andy. The farm system right now, you, you kind of referenced it a moment or two ago. Right now the Rainiers are in first place and AAA, AA Jackson Generals in first place. Uh, Clinton, uh, low A ball is a game outside of first place. Uh, what has it been like for you working with Andy so far this season? He, By the way, he described his life as a... Uh, as a science experiment of lack of sleep and uh, overdoses of caffeine. So just so you have a, an inside look as to your farm director, it looks like he's uh, globetrotting and, and working a lot. Oh, he's definitely globetrotting. <laughs> the, uh, the last update I got, he was in the, the dugout in Clinton yesterday and uh, had to duck from a bat whistling over his head. So <laughs> there was some uh, there was The glorious some life. <laughs> yeah. Dalton Kelly was in, in imminent danger of, uh, of finding his spot in the lineup bounced but Andy's done a great job I can't say enough about him about Mike Micucci our field coordinator uh, Rick Wade Scott Brocious have been huge ads for us you know I, I think the the way this team or this organization has really gravitated toward the philosophies that we implemented uh, has been unbelievable you know we, we came in uh, we came in spring training and we really stressed uh, back to the the hitting summit we had in January really stress the idea that we're going to control the strike zone and these guys are doing it you know we are we're on base more we strike out less we are taking our walks and as a result we're scoring runs and and uh, and it's happening not only here in seattle but it's happening through our system where we've got some young prospects that are really taking steps forward really excited about where tyler o'neill is right now he's having a great season uh excited that mike zanino got back on track this week had a little bit of a rough start to the month of may after a smoking hot april but now where i think we're seeing him get his swing back where it needs to be and, and and recovering through the system alex jackson getting out to join the clinton club and hitting three homers and and in the first 10 days out and, and see where this takes him and and really excited about the young players in the system but more importantly more i'm very excited about the fact that we've implemented a, a, a process and a program and it's working very well we talked to andy a little bit about edwin diaz as we have just a couple of minutes left with jerry depoto 
Can you give us uh, what you've heard from Diaz since he's made the transition to the bullpen? Uh, there's, I would, I would be shocked if this could have gone any better for Edwin than it has. It's uh, Edwin has been 94 to 99 miles an hour, um, just about every night he's thrown. He has yet to give up an earned run since becoming a reliever. He's running a strikeout rate of about 15 per. Per nine, he's, oh, that's all. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> he has yet to walk a hitter. I, I think he's given up uh, three hits total, and 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 it's uh and, and he's been a reliever now for for more than a couple of weeks. So, you know, it's uh he's he's exciting. The average velocity is ninety six, ninety seven. It's real lively with sink. He's throwing strikes and and making a strong case that he no longer needs to be pitching in Jackson. <laughs> and, and, a, and a nasty slider is that correct? Uh, very correct. And 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 crazy angles. You know, he's not easy to look at. It's a little bit of an unorthodox delivery. It's a little bit of a herky-jerky motion and arm action. And, and now you've got a 6-3 down-plane sinker coming in at you at 96-97. And, and uh, it's an uncomfortable at-bat. It's, uh, it's pretty exciting where he's at, and I feel like he's going to play a part in what we do in the not-too-distant future. Jerry, we always appreciate your time. Thank you so much. You got it, guys. And here's Shannon Dreyer with former Padre. Now, Mariner, Nick Vincent. Nick, as you look out, you're going to look over there and see a lot of familiar faces on the Padres today. You know, just really kind of a, a, a unique experience just walking from one side of a spring training complex to another, but it was one that you were prepared for. You knew there was a possibility of that. What's it going to be like to see these guys, and what are you looking forward to seeing them on the other side? Uh, it's going to be good to see the guys. You know, it's guys you played with the last couple of years and guys I met through all spring training. Uh, they got a bunch of good guys over there, good group. So it'll be good to see faces, but uh, when it goes between the lines, it's it's you and your team. So I mean, I've got we've got a good team here, and um, we're gonna go out there and try to beat them. You've had some time to settle in. It was a whirlwind at the end of spring. What have you learned about your teammates over here since then? Uh, these guys like to have fun. They're relaxed. They like to have fun. Uh, everybody likes to do stuff with each other, no matter what. If it's on the road or at home, like it seems like guys are going golfing, no matter where they're at. But uh, it's good team chemistry over here. You got a lot of guys that are willing to hang out. A lot of veteran guys are willing to, you know, talk to you for hours on time. So it's a uh, it's a good like teaching mechanism for all the young kids and uh, the younger guys. But uh, it's been a good clubhouse over here, and I'd be blessed to be over here. Talk about the veterans talking to players. Uh, who have you enjoyed talking with, and who have you kind of taken something from in that regard? Uh, I mean, Joel Peralta is always he's talking all the time. But uh, he's always got really good stuff to say, and he's—I mean—he's been in the league for 13 years now, almost or something around there. Uh, him and Ben Wall—I mean, those guys for bull, as a bullpen guy, like those are two guys that I look up to the most and follow follow their footsteps and kind of you know whatever they say, I listen to. What are the kinds of things do they talk about? Approaches? Do they talk about staying ready, watching a game? What what are the kind of things they talk about? Yeah, I mean, it's approach, it's life, it's stuff you do on the field, off the field. It's just how to be a professional ball player and stay in the major leagues for 13 years or 14 years. So they, it's just little things you pick up on, and then they got stories on days on days on days. So <laughs> they'll keep you entertained down there. And then uh, also Hampton down there, he's, I mean, he was 17 years, so he's another guy that he says something and you listen. So there's a lot of, a lot of veteran guys down there that can uh, help out this bullpen. It's a unique group out there in that uh, you don't really have some of your stereotypical power-type guys that are lining up this, 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 and this. You've got guys with different stuff, and your versatility has kind of come into play. We see you, and we know you can get righties out. Next thing we know, you're going out there, and you're giving multiple innings. What, what, how much of an adjustment has that been for you? Uh, I mean, I started in my earlier in my career, so I know if i got to go out there and throw two innings, 
I can do it, but it's just if I, if I throw 50 pitches, if I throw 25 pitches. Just the other night, those guys were fouling stuff off, fouling stuff off, and I got behind some guys, walked a guy. So it was just one of those games where you just ended up throwing 50 pitches, and it was certain circumstances where it was the lefties got on, a couple lefties got on, then it was three righties in a row, so they want to bring in another lefty to face all the righties. So it was just kind of one of those games you kind of had to stay in there and battle through it. Yeah, we were just talking about you obviously came from the Padres, but you also grew up in San Diego. It's Memorial today. That is a very, very military community right there. What do you take from growing up and seeing that? Not you know, both as as a kid in the area and also at the ballpark. Every time we go to San Diego there's there's a good military presence there. Yeah, no, San Diego's got a huge military presence. I mean they do their Sunday military games, uh, they bring out hundreds, hundreds of military guys to come out and sit in the stands to support, you know, the military day and uh, Padres they do a good job on supporting them, the community with the military base, which Seattle does too. They got the color guard out here every day. So, uh, I mean, important why there was, I mean, it's just awesome what they do for us, what they do for the country. I mean, they go through a lot, just like baseball players go through a bunch, but, I mean, they're across the world. We're only four or five hours away from our families. So uh, just a huge appreciation for everybody that has fought for our country and fighting for our country. And I think every guy in that clubhouse would echo those thoughts today. Nick, thank you. No problem. Have a good one. And here you go with the week that was. This is the week that was. A look back on highlights and events of the Mariners past week. On Mariners Magazine. The stretch and the pitch. Swing and a fly ball into right field. Nelson Cruz backing up. He's there and makes the catch. The ball game is over. The Mariners won it 5-4 to four here in Cincinnati. And they sweep aside the Reds in the three-game series. And they finish out the road trip with a record of 5-1. and one. Pitch Swung on. Little tapper wide of the mound over his cards. Can't get to it, but... Cano does, shovels the ball right to Lynn at first base. Not even a transfer, and it's in time to get Coco. Two outs in the inning. Robbie Cano racing in and just scoops it right over to Adam Lynn. In time to get Chris for the second out of the inning. Nicely done by Mr. Cano. The 1-1. Swing and a well-hit ball like that one. Right center field. Going, going. Goodbye baseball. Robbie Cano with his 13th home run of the season. And the Mariners are right back in it. A two-run shot. It's now the Athletics 5 and the Mariners 4. Three RBIs for Robinson Cano in tonight's game. And now the Mariners trail by only one. The right-handers 1-2 pitch. The Martin swing a high fly ball. Deep to right field. Going, going. Goodbye baseball. Leonis Martin with a walk-off. Two-run home run. fans screaming at the top of my lungs fists pumping in the air and jumping up and down high-fiving my wife and, <laughs> and uh, really smiling along with everybody else those, those nights are magical and you, you know ride you're at the top of the wave ride it while you can oh my god that's amazing feeling for me this the best feeling i have after baseball the old one pitch lynn with a swing and a fly ball deep to right field and this ball game is tied goodbye baseball Adam Lynn with his fourth home run of the season. 1-1. One, one. Swinging a high lift, right field. <laughs> and this is gone by a tongue. 
of the third inning, you can make it 7-1 to one Mariner. Yeah, there's been uh, incremental improvements throughout, you know, probably the last two to three weeks. And uh, tonight, it, you know, it, it all worked out. The next pitch, swing, and a shot up to left field. Does it have the wow. second deck? Just above the scoreboard in left field. It is 10-3, Mariner. Swing and a well-hit ball deep to right field. This one is gone. Goodbye baseball. It just misses the hit it here cafe way back into the lower deck down the right field side. Robbie Cano with his 14th home run of the season. Holy cannoli. And the Mariners now lead it 13-3 over the A. The pitch swung on well. Hit ball deep to right field by Goody. Going back to no. To the warning track to the wall. Goodbye baseball. Franklin Gutierrez going the other way with his third home run of the season. And it gives the Mariners a mighty quick one to nothing lead. Here's the pitch. Swing and a well hit ball deep to right field by Nori. Going, going, and this one is gone. Goodbye baseball. Just beyond the reach of Miguel Sano. Tried to bring it back. Nori with his first home run of the season. Right away, the Mariners answer with a home run by Nori, number one, and it's now the Twins, two, and the Mariners, one. How about that? See you later! It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.